Let's get ready for the Word of God. Turn in your Bibles if you've got them to Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, you may think, well, you know, if you've been around a, a few months now, what, why is it that we keep reading? I think we know this by now. But you know, there's something powerful about repetition leads to revelation. And that's why never get tired of reading the same portion of Scripture because God always wants to speak something fresh through it. The Word of God is living, it's active, it's alive, right? It's not a dead work, it's not a historical text. The Word of God is living, it's God-breathed. And so any time that we gather around the Word of God, even if it's verses that we've looked at a number of times so far this year, God can always, even as you're reading it, speak something fresh, dynamic uh, through his Holy Spirit this morning. So let's remind ourselves of these verses. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and then you won't give up. So obviously we've been, if you've been around in this series um, for a long time now, talking about the race of faith and looking at so many different aspects of it. But specifically over the last uh, three or four weeks, we've begun to look at this phrase that the writer of Hebrew uses when he says that the best way that we run this race, the most effective way that we run this race, is by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And so over the last few weeks, we've begun to answer and, and, and ask the question, why? Why do we need to keep our eyes on Jesus as we run this race? And as we've begun to answer that, we've seen a few things. But firstly, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Remember this also, that Jesus is our Redeemer. And then last week, we looked at this thought that Jesus is our healer, spirit, soul, and body. And so we've covered a lot in that time, and if you haven't been around, I'd encourage you to catch up on those messages, especially last week. We had a lot of feedback um, to last week's message as we spoke about Jesus being a healer of spirit, soul, and body. But today I want to talk about this truth that Jesus also wants to do something else in our lives and, and will equip us in another way as we run this race of faith, and that is that Jesus wants to anoint us and baptize us. Now, if you're brand new to church this morning, you're fairly new, you may think, what on earth do those words mean? We're going to look at that today, we're going to explore that together uh, and teach some truths and then we're going to uh, believe for God to minister to us um, at the end of this morning. Now before we go into this teaching and this truth, the question that we need to ask is why? Why is it important that Jesus wants to anoint us and baptize us with the Holy Spirit? Because if we don't know the why, we could do a whole load of teaching this morning and that would all be well and good. But if we don't know why, then we won't desire what Jesus has on offer for us today. The reality is, Jesus has this on offer for us because so many people are running the race of, of faith in their own strength and their own ability and not doing too well. This morning, you may have walked into this venue and we've sung about an all-powerful God, yet you may feel very powerless this morning. When Jesus actually, his offer was for us to receive God's power, power to change, 
power to defeat things in our life, power to forgive where we didn't think that we could forgive before, power to overcome so many things from our past. The reality is many people don't feel like an overcomer or victorious today, and you may be in this bracket today, you feel defeated, you feel helpless, you feel in a place of hopelessness in your life. And so this is an important thought this morning that Jesus wants us to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to live in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can run this race of faith successfully. Now, what we've been talking about over the last few weeks and just laying a foundation, over the last few weeks we've been talking about salvation in part, haven't we? The God, we've got to understand, in Jesus brought us back to himself. That we've spoken about the truth that for all of us, we were before we became a Christian, before we became a follower of Jesus, we were walking around physically alive but spiritually dead. We were separated from God. But because of what Jesus did and through our faith in what he has done for us, the Bible says that we can be reconciled back into relationship with God, joined to God and separated from the world. That's why the gospel means good news. It's good news, right? It is good news. Are we alive this morning? Are we awake this morning? It is good news. In fact, it's better than that. It's great news. It's amazing news that Jesus has died for us and redeemed us and reconciled us back to God. But here's the even better news. We need to realize it doesn't stop there. Because it would be one thing for God to rescue us out of our sin, make us clean, make us holy, and then leave us to fight this race on our own and to run this race in our own ability and our own strength. But he goes one better. The the reality of the gospel is this, that he has separated us from our sin, delivered us from our sin, and made us holy. Here's the greater news. Now that we are holy and clean vessels, he can fill us with his Holy Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church one day, reminding him of this truth in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. He said this, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? What an incredible thought this morning. Now you may have woken up and felt barely alive this morning, but the reality is you woke up if you're filled with the Spirit of God. And the, 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 the same Spirit that hovered over the waters in creation, the same Spirit that raised our Savior, Jesus Christ from the dead, is now in your life. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's rewind for a moment into the Old Testament. So that we have a true understanding of this. What was the Old Testament understanding of the temple? What was the purpose of the temple? The temple was the place where God resided. And within the temple, if you know it, there was this area called the Holy of Holies. And that area called the Holy of Holies was the very presence of God. And separating mankind from the Holy of Holies was this thick veil and curtain. Huge. You look into the dimensions of it. It was huge. It was so thick. And only a few people could go beyond the veil and only at specific times in order to offer animal sacrifices that would make the people right with God again. This was the reality that if you dared and you weren't invited, go into the presence of God without an understanding of who you were or without a, being a priest, then the reality was that you were dead in a moment. That was the presence of God. Now, Here's the reality. The Bible says in the book of Matthew and in the Gospel of Mark that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was in that moment of crucifixion. He came to his final moments. And the Bible says he breathed his last breath. 
and he let out a cry. He declared, it is finished. Amen? It is finished. And in that moment, the Bible records and history records that the veil was torn from the very top to the very bottom in that temple. And God's presence, the Bible declares, left that place never again to reside in temples that were made by human hands, but now to reside in the life of every single believer who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ. Today, There is no Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Today, animal sacrifices have stopped. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What an incredible thought this morning. Now, if you don't feel very happy this morning, think about that for a moment and it will make you happy. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the the third person of the Godhead. Because remember, the Holy Spirit isn't a mystical force or a magical power. Very often you speak to Christians, and they talk about the Holy Spirit like he's this mist or this, like, like, like he's this strange thing that's out there somewhere. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of a Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we have been filled, the Bible says, with the Spirit of God. We need to know that God's plan for your life isn't set you free, clean you up and then leave you to live life in your own strength and your own ability. But he has filled you with his presence. He saves us, then he baptizes us with his power. So that all that stuff that held you captive before doesn't have to hold you captive any longer. So that all that stuff that dominated your thinking doesn't have to dominate your thinking anymore. So that all that depression and and, and stuff that was upon your life, you can walk free from that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how does that happen? We believe that happens as Jesus baptizes us with his spirit and with his power. Now, I'm using that word baptize a lot. So for those who are are brand new to church and you say, well, what does that word baptize mean? Here's what the word baptism means. It means to be filled to overflowing, to be saturated, to be overwhelmed, to, to be totally drenched the analogy or the example that's often used is to take uh, a piece of cloth and to place it in dye and as you place it in that dye every single bit of the dye saturates the cloth inside and out and every bit of that cloth is changed to take on the color of that dye that's that thought of being saturated listen Jesus wants to anoint you and fill you and saturate you with his spirit now again This is where, if you allow me to teach for a moment, we need to understand the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me explain that this morning. When a person is born again, they give their lives to Jesus, they have what we know as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The the new birth, the new creation miracle can't take place without the Holy Spirit making that happen. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts chapter 2... On the day of Pentecost, when the church was birthed in power, we have this moment where the disciples are in the upper room, and they're temples of the Holy Spirit. They've, they've received the Spirit's indwelling presence, but Jesus had told them, go into the upper room and stay there. Don't leave until you receive the promise that I have for you. Let's read these words, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It's before the day of Pentecost. It says, so on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave him this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Now, if you're 
reading from a paper Bible and you've got a pen, I want to encourage you, circle that word gift, underline it, highlight it in one way or another. Um, if you're reading on your phone, don't draw on your phone, that won't be good. But I don't know, highlight it in some way. Make it memorable in your mind because that's important. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will baptize, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around him and asked him, then they gathered around him and asked him, sorry, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. So here's Jesus teaching this, that there's a baptism in water, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, in family church, we recognize both of those baptisms. That you may have been to, you may have been baptized in water yourself under the ministry of family church. And we believe in that. We don't believe in christening because we don't see that in the Bible. We believe in full immersion baptism. That a person in that moment identifies with Christ. There's going to be more baptisms taking place um, later this year. But there's a moment, if you've never been baptized, come and speak to us. Because it's an important moment of identifying with Christ. But we also know that Jesus wants to empower us with his spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That we wouldn't just identify with Christ, but we would be filled with the power of Jesus Christ. Now you may say, well, I've never heard of that before. Well, you're in good company. Acts chapter 19, let's read this. Acts chapter 19 Paul meets a group of of nice, well-meaning disciples who were believers but weren't walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. It says this, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So nobody had told them that the Holy Spirit was available to them. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist speaking. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm no longer, that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, here's why Jesus, the the writer of Hebrew, tells us to keep our eyes focused on. Here's why Jesus wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he knows the difference in your race of faith between running in your own strength and running in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Peter as an example of this on the day of Pentecost. That you may know the account before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We know the moment where he's round the, the campfire and Jesus is off to be crucified and he can't even say, be brave enough and stand up and say, actually, I know Jesus. 
Sometimes this is how you may feel in the workplace, that they're talking about Jesus, they're talking about church, and, you, and everything within you wants to say the right thing, but you cower away. And this was, was Peter in this moment, that they're saying, well, you know him, you're, you're one of his disciples, you're from Galilee, and he says, no, I don't even know who you're speaking about. He swears that he doesn't know who Jesus even is before the Holy Spirit. Fast forward to the Acts chapter 2 moment, the day of Pentecost, the day that the church is birthed, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he's not in a place where he's denying Jesus. He's in a place where he's preaching to thousands and saying, you crucified Jesus. You did this to him. And this is what you need to do in order to be saved and baptized. And 3,000 people that day are saved and baptized. And the church is born in power that very day. What's the difference? The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now in Peter. The same is true today. Right through the book of Acts, you see God's people doing supernatural things because they were empowered by God's Spirit. The same is true for us today. But if we were to pass a microphone around and ask certain people, they would say, yeah, that was my story. Well, I tried this to overcome situations. I tried that. But the day that I was filled with the Holy Spirit over time, I was able to overcome things because now I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's my story too. I shared last week about my salvation. Let me share an experience, the first time I experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was at a Christian conference in this large venue and the person speaking had spoken about the Holy Spirit like I am speaking to you today in this moment. And there was an opportunity at the end that you could stand and, and, and have a moment where you prayed and you asked the Holy Spirit to, uh, to, to the, the God the Father would give you this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I did in this moment. And, and that moment was for most, one of the most powerful moments of my life. I experienced something. But here's what excites me more. It wasn't just about the moment. Because the Holy Spirit isn't there to give you a goosebump. The Holy Spirit isn't there just to give you a feeling in a service. The Holy Spirit is there to empower you to live a different life. And so what encouraged me more, what excites me more, is not just what I experienced in that moment where I experienced the presence of God in my life, but suddenly there was a change that took place in my life in the weeks and months that followed where I could do things that I couldn't do before. I could forgive people that I tried to forgive for so long, but I couldn't do it in my own ability. I could overcome situations and temptations that I couldn't do before. Why? Because I was running this race of faith, not in my own strength any longer, but in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like the analogy that's often been used of the power steering. How many of you remember you, you used to drive long enough ago that you did not have power steering and you used to drive without power steering? Or how many of you have had that moment where, where I've experienced, because I never drove a car without power steering, but I've experienced that moment where the power steering stops working. And so you, you're steering and all of a sudden it's like, Ugh! it's like you suddenly have every bit of effort to actually turn the wheel. The reality is when you have power steering, you could do a three-point turn with your little finger. Probably not advisable. The police probably wouldn't be happy with it. But that's the reality. You could do a three-point turn with your little finger as opposed to having no power. And you're, you're, you're trying to just turn the wheel, especially when the power steering has stopped working. That's the difference. It's a great analogy of the difference the Holy Spirit can make in your life. 
that what used to be so much hard work, what used to be such an effort, what you felt you couldn't do before and you made excuses for why you couldn't do before, all of a sudden with the Holy Spirit's help and empowerment, you can begin to overcome and do the things that you couldn't do before. So the question remains, and the question you may be asking is, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? How do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? The answer is very simple. The same way that you receive salvation. It's a gift. That's why I wanted you to really take note of what Jesus said, but it was Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus said, this is a gift from the Father. What do we do to, to take hold of a gift? We receive it. Ask and it will be given to you. So we ask in faith and God honors our faith. The Bible describes it as a gift because when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's not about emotion. Now emotions can be involved, but it's not based on emotion. It's based on truth and the word of God and what Jesus has said is available to us. God's desire is for you to be saturated with his Holy Spirit this morning. God's desire is for you to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you wouldn't just have a momentary experience, but every single day that you wake up, you would have a fresh understanding, a fresh feeling, and, and fresh empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Because the offer of salvation is not get saved and then keep on struggling. His Spirit is available to empower you. So in a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to have a moment where we just pray for people to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, you have a desire for this, then there's going to be an opportunity for you to receive exactly that. Now, in, in Acts chapter 19, I just read it a moment ago, the people were prayed for and they received in that moment. They received what they had been lacking. They, they said, we didn't even know there was this Holy Spirit. They'd been trying to do this in their own strength. The people were prayed for and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. All we need to do is ask. All we need to do as born again believers is to ask for this gift of the Holy Spirit. Now let me deal with some misunderstanding. Let me just clarify some stuff that is based on experience and, and praying for people so that we enter this moment with um, just hearts that are wide open and, and no misunderstanding this. Let me just explain a couple of things. That for some, when they're prayed for, because not everybody's experience is the same. For some, this is a very emotional experience where they encounter and filled with the Holy Spirit. For others, there isn't any emotion involved, but it's the same Holy Spirit. And it's important that we know that. For some, when they're prayed for or when they ask, Holy Spirit, would you come in this moment, that there's an electric charge. They, they can feel God's presence in their body. I know for me, the very first time, it was like an intense heat that came around my body as I experienced the Holy Spirit entering my life and being filled with the Holy Spirit. But for others, they don't feel that, but it's the same Holy Spirit. For some, they, they in that very first moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, speak in tongues. That's just a heavenly language, a prayer language that we can use in that moment. For others, that doesn't happen instantly. I want you to know this because I don't want anybody leaving this place today feeling like, oh, I, pr I, I asked for that, but I didn't receive it. Because the Bible is very clear that when we ask, we will receive. And we're not to judge an inner work by outward manifestations. Because you know what? There's many things that are evidence of the Holy Spirit being in the life of somebody. 
that we don't often tick off the list. But the fruit of the Spirit is an evidence of the Holy Spirit being in our lives. That all of a sudden, there's characteristics for the nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we can manifest and we can display and we can live in the knowledge of that we couldn't do in our own strength before. There's a gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you're saying, oh, I want to know more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, well, during lockdown, we did weeks of study on this, and it's available for you on our YouTube channel. And speak to us afterwards, but, but there's a whole YouTube channel where we talked about these different gifts and these different aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that is still all available for you. So in a moment, we're going to pray. And for some maybe for the very first time we're going to have an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But let me just speak to another group of people first. And that's anyone here who says, well, nice message, but actually I was filled with the Holy Spirit in 1967 or 1981 or 1994 or 2000. Pick your year, whenever it was. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I had that. And so uh, thank you for your message, but that was a bit of a waste of time this morning. No, no, no. Here's what we need to know. The anointing, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, however you want to term it, is not a one-time offer. That fresh anointing, fresh oil is available for your life today on any given day, on any given moment of any given day fresh oil is available that's why one of the first things i do when i wake up in the morning before anyone else is up in the house as i go down says i pray holy spirit would you fill me afresh this morning holy spirit can i have fresh anointing this morning because i tell you in my own strength or ask my wife in my own strength i'm not going to do that day very well she's nodding that's not right in my own strength i'm not going to be able to do the day ahead of me the best that i could but I tell you what, with the Holy Spirit's help and empowering. And I don't want to rely on way back when I had that moment of infill. I want fresh infilling every single morning. So this morning, we're going to pray for people for the first time. But also, we're going to pray for fresh infilling, fresh anointing. But here's what else I'd encourage you. Tomorrow morning, whenever it is, ask for a fresh infilling. Tuesday morning, ask for a fresh infilling. Not that you would just live on an experience in that moment. Because often, when I pray that prayer in the morning, it's not that I'd stand and for hours, oh, Holy Spirit, because there's stuff, the kids are going to get up in a moment, there's stuff, there's a life that happens. And, and I can't say that I always stand there and it's, a, it's an amazing moment. What I know is that His Word is truth. And He said that every time we come, we can be filled again. Listen to this. Because on the day of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, we know that moment of Pentecost, the upper room. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They go out, the church is birthed in power. All of that stuff that we just looked at a moment ago. Well, in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are sent into a prison just for preaching the message of the gospel. And the Bible says that they're released from prison and they go back to be with the other disciples and they begin to have a prayer meeting. Now listen to what happens. Acts chapter 4 verse 31. After they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled. What's that word? Filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Those are the very same people who were filled in Acts chapter 2. Now being filled again with the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 4. A fresh anointing, a fresh oil is available for you today. So in this moment... We're going to pray, and as we pray, whether it's for the very first time or whether 
you need a fresh and filling, fresh oil this morning, then we're going to pray for that anointing upon your life to come. So I'm just going to invite you, if, if you are able to, just, just stand um, to your feet. If you need to keep sitting, that's fine. But just stand to your feet. And we want just want to pray for you in this moment. Do you know, I shared about the first time that I encountered and had this moment of Holy Spirit. It wasn't a moment where I had hands laid on me. We do believe in the laying of, on of hands. And afterwards, if you want more prayer or you need prayer for a specific issue, come forward and we will pray for you and we will lay hands on you. But let me share my experience that I was in that moment and it was a huge auditorium. There was no way that everybody could be prayed for. And I thought, does that make a difference? I received everything. Everything that I needed, everything that I desired in that moment. The Bible says we ask. We ask. And he gives. So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what Jesus taught us. I thank you that he showed us and modeled this to us. Lord, I thank you that we are part of a church that isn't 13 years old or even 25 years old. We're a church that's 2,000 plus years old that was birthed in power on the day of Pentecost. And Lord, we're a church that continues to believe in the ministry and the power of you, Holy Spirit. So Jesus, I pray that as we've looked at you being the way, the truth and the life, as we've looked at you being our redemption, as we've looked at how you want to heal us, spirit, soul and body. Lord, I thank you for this powerful truth as well, that you are the one who wants to anoint us and baptize us. So if that's you this morning and we're not going to you know, interview you or any, do anything like that. If you say, yeah, that's me, I want for the very first time or I want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I thank you that you said ask and I will receive. I believe that you want to anoint me with your Holy Spirit and power. Thank you for making me brand new. Thank you for making me clean and holy, ready to receive your Holy Spirit. I receive everything that you have for me. In your mighty name. Amen. Just stand in his presence in this moment and don't let anything distract you or anything like that. Just be in this moment and for some for the very first time as you've asked just receive everything of the Holy Spirit receive the person of the Holy Spirit the the, the person of the Holy Spirit is a comforter he's a friend he's a guide he will lead you into all truth do you know as you receive this morning some for the very first time there's going to be a difference in your coming week Because all of a sudden you're going to experience comfort where you didn't experience that before. You're going to experience ability to overcome. You're going to be able to forgive in the Holy Spirit's strength. And Lord, for those, Lord, who may have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit many years ago, Lord, I pray fresh fire in this moment. Fresh anointing in this moment. Fresh anointing upon your people in this moment. 
Holy Spirit, that you revive the spiritually weary in this moment. Lord, there may be people who are physically weary this morning, but spiritually, Lord, there are people who are spiritually weary in this place. Lord, may this be a moment of a turnaround. May this be a landmark moment in their journey where they realize that they were blowing hot and cold, they were lukewarm, and, and, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that they would be on fire for you in this moment and in the weeks and months to come. Lord, we thank you. We prophesy over these people that where they weren't able to forgive before, Lord, they will begin to forgive. Lord, where they couldn't overcome addictions, Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your strength and your power is going to enable people in this place to overcome addictions, to stop being ensnared in the sin that so easily trips them up, and that they're going to walk with power and authority over those things. They will be victorious. They will triumph. They will have the experience of everything that you write in your word. Lord, thank you that your word says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. So Lord, I thank you that you spiritually strengthen people in this place. Lord, I thank you that you give uh, gifts to people in this place that they did not have before. Lord, I thank you that as you anoint your people, they will display and walk in the power of these spiritual gifts. Lord, I thank you that even this week as they put these gifts into practice, Lord, that it will be done for your kingdom and for your glory and for the salvation of those around our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us. Fill us, we pray. Anoint us, we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you know my experience is in these moments often for people to receive for the first time they try and make it about them and their ability and so much goes on in the mind but just in this moment just let the spirit of who you are receive what God has for you thank you Lord thank you Lord for fresh anointing thank you Lord you renew the strength of those who are spiritually weary gifts, fruits. Lord, I thank you that our lives will be different because of a moment in your presence. And Lord, for every single one of us this morning, Lord, I thank you that tomorrow morning we wouldn't live off the fuel of today, but we would come with everything that we are and say, Holy Spirit, fill us again. And on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday, Holy Spirit, we don't want to try and do this race without you. Lord, when we do, we're weary, we're tired, we, we, we get entangled in all sorts of stuff. Holy Spirit, would you empower us to run this race with your anointing and with your power? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your goodness and faithfulness to us. We receive this morning. We receive everything that you have for us. And Lord, I thank you that as we go from here, that not only will you affect our lives, Holy Spirit, but through us you will work to affect the lives of people in our streets, people in our workplace, people in our families, people in our friendship groups. Thank you that you're going to be at work even this coming week, Lord. And just as we heard of testimonies last week concerning healing, Lord, I thank you that we're going to be hearing testimonies of what you do in and through our lives, Holy Spirit, this coming week, these coming seven days, Lord, are going to be filled with activity of what you're going to do in our lives.
and through our lives, we pray. We prophesy over every single life that that would be a reality for them. In your mighty name, we pray.